Um, right, let me close my window so I don't you don't hear the crackheads shouting out for more crack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll. Uh... I, I didn't know you lived near um, Michael Gove. Okay. <laughs> I live near Boris. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Hi, guys, and welcome back to another Sunday Roast. And I hope you're all very well and ha hope you're having a wonderful Sunday. We are here with two wonderful guests once again. We have Random Scottish History, Jenny, and we have Michael Lambert, the anti-Brexiteer. For people, and of course, my wonderful host, Alex from Political X, maybe we can get each of you to introduce yourselves very quickly for people who may be new to the channel. Jenny, would you like to go first? I'm Jenny. I run randomscottishhistory.com, also known as rsh.scott. I have about seven publications out now, some podcasts, hundred odd YouTube videos out there. Um, yeah, just getting by, giving out the Scottish history as I find it interesting in the hopes that maybe someone else might find it of interest. So um, yeah, I'm occasionally on other channels such as yourselves and Independence Live gives me a platform as well for monthly videos, but that came to an end this month. So uh, yeah. Well, we hope That's to see more good. of you. Um, Michael, can you tell us about yourself for, for new, new yes, subscribers? Uh, my, my name is Michael Lambert, and uh, I, I'm uh, the old bloke who, who runs on, on YouTube, um, and I'm a tofu eater. And that's about it, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Max. Uh, my name is Max. I run the Robespierre channel. I talk about Brexit, British politics, but in particular Brexit, uh, and I'm trying to uh go expand a little bit into other areas as well but uh, we'll keep i'll keep you posted on that and alex can you tell us about yourself hi i'm alex political x i run a youtube channel as well and co-host this with max this is a lot of fun shall we shall we go straight into it max yeah what's our what's our first topic I was going to ask you what's our first topic <laughs> well i i think um i think we'll start with with brexit if everyone's okay with that so I was I was just talking uh, I was just looking through what's happening at this week and um, Farage Nigel Farage is a little bit upset with the Labour Party because he feels that the Labour Party want to take Britain back into the EU and that Brexit will be undone um, but others are saying that Brexit hasn't been done yet so some of his ex, ex members of the Brexit Party. Um, if we look at what's happening in Northern Ireland as well, there seems to be some sort of movement towards resolving the conflict over the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is really interesting because you have um, Brexit hardman Steve Baker, who's basically telling the, the DUP to shut up on a daily basis because the DUP wow. want to get rid of the protocol. They want they would prefer to have a hard border on the island of Ireland, but the British government are not going to do that. I don't know if we've already covered it with British Volt. The, the idea of a, a battery factory in the north of England when all the car factories are, are going away. We saw today that what, what the um, car production is, is the worst for 66 years. I mean, the car factories are going. And uh, what's the point of having a battery factory up there when you've got to get your batteries to Europe where all the factories are? Nobody's going nobody's to put up that nonsense. I mean, just the whole idea was, was, was crazy. If we had our own car industry, that's another matter. But I think this whole thing about... Going on and on. I mean, um, Jeremy Hunt said it, and now Shap said it at Davos, this thing about creating our own Silicon Valley. 
I mean, it's like, it's like, as I'm always saying, it's like me saying, I'm going to solve all my problems by winning the lottery. I and mean, <laughs> it can happen. It's just, just pie in the sky. Um, utter nonsense, really. And I think Ma- Michael, sorry, Michael, can yeah. I ask you, what, because it seems they've moved on to the next the next um, unicorn, maybe, which is uh, mm. biotech. So I, I've heard, um, I think it was maybe Rishi Sunak talking about bi- biotech is the new, is the, is the next big yes. thing. But that's probably going to be pretty much the same thing because you're going to need to rely on, you know, foreign workers or, and that's not so easy, is it? But the crazy thing is they keep coming out with biotech and green technologies and all these things we're going to have to do for the future. That's where we become global Britain world leaders. They don't seem to think that just possibly, possibly other countries are also thinking the same thing or have been thinking it for years and already set up and are much better equipped to succeed than we are. It's just, it's just so deluded the whole thing obviously it's right to go for green technologies right to go for all these 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 latest modern modern uh, um, sciences but uh, to say we're going to start and we're going to become world leaders i mean it's just nonsense and but i think people just they, they listen to it people believe it they hear oh yes all oh, great we're going to be here you know silicon valley we're here we come oh grant shapps mentioned uh, um uh, microsoft and amazon and and uh, and apple and said why can't we do that you know why don't these countries set up here i mean it's because we don't invest in our education. <laughs> well, I mean, you can come up with a hundred reasons why. I'm going I'm to smash both parties. Like, I read educate, the education uh, manifesto from Labour. They still want 30 kids in the class. You, you want to improve IQ. There's several things you can do that are really easy, and they won't do anything. And the first thing you do is drop the class sizes to 19 per class. That is statistically shown you will improve learning. End of. You then, need a lot, you then need a lot more teachers. Yeah, but that's their problem. They don't want to invest. So this whole science thing came out of Cummings. He was the one that was saying, this is what we need to yeah. do. This is how you make your money. This is how you have a stable economy. Mm-hmm. It's like, right, so make sure that you've got the right class sizes. Science, you can slightly argue because there are limitations inside a science classroom because of health and safety in some of the sciences, not in all. But in some of the classes, you're meant to have no more than 20 students in the class. So maybe that could happen, but you're still going to need the teachers to do it. And they're dropping like flies, like all public services. They're just quitting and going, I'd rather not have the stress and go and disappear elsewhere or onto YouTube. Well, Max and I have a Polish friend, Galadriana, who is also into, she, she wanted to be a teacher when she came over here from Poland. And she's saying that she's struggling. They hear the accent and they immediately just start dismissing her. Wow. That's terrible. She's in London, you know, um, so they're they're not even entertaining those who are coming over with a view to being teachers by the sounds of things. Sorry, I'll just finish off this one thing. Primary schools are also included in that, but then there's no science classes within primary. So it's 30 kids a class. You will have a significant defect on the education system from the start. I've got a question. I promise I'll bring you both in. But Jenny, have you ever had that with your accent, where you've gone south and people have gone, "I don't understand what you're saying." Um, I had actually a really interesting experience as a child. Um, we were down in England uh, on a caravan holiday, and being children, I think I must have been about maybe ten or eleven or something. Uh, you just start talking with other children. You know, so I'm on the swings and this couple of boys come over and it was me and my brother and these two brothers come over and they just start chatting with us. 
and they're like why do you talk funny like what were you like i cannot they're they're, they're conveying to us that they're they were finding it hard to make out what we were saying and we were finding that strange because we could understand them fine and they're like where are you from and we said scotland and they looked at us deadpan serious and went no you don't <laughs> and we do we do we definitely come from scotland and they're like no you don't no my dad <coughs> says scotland doesn't exist <laughs> would that be what you call an existential crisis it it left me as a 10 year old very baffled i i was suddenly <laughs> lost for words my my mind started skipping beats. i'm just like right wait what wait what <laughs> am i not from scotland no it does exist what <laughs> you know so i had to, to go back and tell my parents that we'd had this encounter like with this that that was possibly my first experience of anti-Scottish sentiment to quite a strange extent, really. Yeah. Have you had that, Max? Uh, no, not well. I, I don't know in which context I, I could actually have that. Like if, when I visited the UK, or when you visited the UK. I mean, I, I guess if you're, I assume when you're speaking in Italian, that you'll have. Uh... Yeah, no. For well, I've never had any negative experiences. Um, uh, even uh, even when I'm stopped by the police, you know, to, to check my driving license and stuff, they're like, "Oh, you're from Ireland. All oh, right, that's really cool." But uh, no, I've never I've never had any negative. Or when I when I when I was learning Italian and I'd start to speak, you know, in broken Italian, they just got they just reply to me in English. So it's like, no, <laughs> just just speak to us in English, please. It's easier that way. <laughs> But no, no, nothing. No, I've never. I, I'm really fortunate. I've never experienced any, anything negative. I get, caught, I, I get caught a twat. They're called a twat sometimes. By who? For my accent. What? But who who what? called you that? Oh, oh, oh nobody. I'm just. I'm really joking. <laughs> 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 no. But um, uh, there's just one other thing before we move on to the next topic. I just wanted to uh, to raise. We're about education. Um, I don't know if anyone saw the there was in the Times a couple of days ago, maybe it was on Wednesday, that there's that universities are being told not to train up more doctors. And the reason for that is because of the cost. They don't want to spend the money because it costs about £160,000 to train up a, GP, a, a doctor. Um, so the, the government have actually instructed universities, no, 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 don't, which which flies in the face of this whole idea of well, we're going to train up our own. We don't want to bring people in from abroad. So how can you say, how can you be telling universities, no, 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 don't train up too many doctors? I think the reason is the plan is to bring them in from, from Nigeria and from Bangladesh and from India and but wherever. That's not, but that's not going to sit well with the, you, you know, your, your Brexit voter it isn't, who, it isn't. who voted for through. taking back control or whatever that yeah. meant. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of those awful Germans and Italians and French and... Replace them, people from Africa and India, and they're not going to be at all happy. I can't understand their thinking behind that. Oh, I mean, no. you want homegrown Take talent. Money. Every country wants homegrown talent. It's something that a government should be able to be proud of. Yes. Is the amount of homegrown talent. Yeah. You shouldn't be trying to curtail that for any reason. Mm. I, Westminster but... are just so crazy, baffling. Mm. I mean, just the last couple of years. The amount of decisions they've made just fly in the face of rationality so many times. It... 
I but, think actually it's, you can say that they don't know what they're doing. They really do not want, they've got into such a mess, particularly because of Brexit. They honestly don't know how to get out of it. And they know the, the economy is collapsing and, and, and uh, tax revenues are going to just go down and down. And they don't, don't know what to do. They haven't got a way out. There's actually quite an interesting configuration here. So, and, and proving the point that they don't know what they're doing, but also I think there is an ethos here. I think they are about saving money. And if they can get them in without training and then, then, then save, the, save the cost, it doesn't matter. But there's also an element, maybe it'll enrage the Brexiteers so much they'll start hating the NHS. I could see that being part of the theory. Yeah, and possible. I can, I can, I mean, in, in you're right, I don't think they do have a plan. I think, although if they do, it's, it's a pretty evil one, which is basically liberalise everything, deregulate everything, let the, the markets just run everything. That that has been pretty consistent. The, the only reason I've been able to come up with for the most of what they've been doing um, recently, especially, the, the only thing I can think of is that they know Labour's the next government that's going to come in. Mm. They know that after the next year, Labour's going to come in. And it's almost as if they're trying to fuck up things so badly and leave Labour such a mess mm. that, that they're going to seem just as incompetent as the Tories have been but I don't know how they they don't understand that people are going to see that it's Tory incompetency and corruption that's led Labour to the point where they're going to have a struggle to bring us back mm. to the brink. I, I think I, yeah. no, I think I disagree with you on that but not, not that I disagree with you but I, I think that's maybe that's a, a positive way of looking at it that people will go look at look at what the the conservatives yeah. done very, people you, people have very short memories yeah. i can guarantee you within yeah. within 6 months people were saying let's get the tories back in remember the good old times mm. like, it's, look it's at boris johnson it, it is kind of surprising how little the opposition labor and the smp have used all the Tory mess-ups to their advantage. Mm. They, they could so easily be turning everything into neat little sound bites that are going to stick in people's minds as to just how bad the Tories have been, just how bad their lives have been messed up by them, just how the, the cost of living crisis and the fact that people are struggling is solely down to this one incompetent party. And neither of the parties have done this. Neither of them have made good use of the failings of the Tories, but that's that's literally their job, and mm. and they're both failing at that. The opposition are not. I know. I, I still, and you'll not be surprised. I do feel like the SNP are more of an opposition to the Tories than the Labour Party, but even they're not going as far as they they could do. Not nearly as far as they could do with the plethora of like nonsense that's come from the other side. They're, they're just not using it to their advantage properly. What you would could you, literally what would you go, like them to bring up? Two, go two years back and then start at January and go, what went wrong in this month? February, what went wrong in this? What did they do in March? What did they do? And just take one thing from every single month and then just make little bullet points of it and turn it into your, your four word memes that the Tories love so much, you know? Um, because it seems to work for the Tories. Why would it not work for the SNP and Labour against the Tories? They're, they're not using the sound bites and they're, they're not using the information in a way that works for them. Do you know what I mean? They can stand out at PM's questions and they can uh, have that one moment of, oh, look, he didn't answer the question. 
But you're right. I, I think I, yeah. people are going to forget that. I, I think I mean? they're yeah. I think they're not ruthless enough. The Tories are, are completely not. ruthless. They they yeah. maybe the the opposition parties need to be a bit more like that. Yeah, mm. they do. They absolutely well, do. It's not as if they don't have the fodder to be yeah. able to use. You know, the Tories have given them on a plate, and they're just not using it to their advantage at all. PMQs has now become such a, a joke, hasn't it? Really, it's it's, it's just a, a, a sort of. Does anybody take it seriously, really? But I think uh, Starmer. I mean, he's he's missed so many open goals throughout his time. I just, uh, as Jenny was saying, time after time after time, there's a, an open goal. He'll miss it and he'll dance around it. And but he's so polite and he can't criticise Brexit. And it, it's it's really quite uh, quite astonishing, really, how. I can, I can understand that in politics there's a time for diplomacy, and yeah. it's probably most of the time, but there's also a time for just outing the other side for exactly who they are and what they've done. And I mean, if the SNP had used even half of what the Tories have given them, there would be far more than there is on side for, there, there wouldn't even be a question over if there was a referendum how we would vote. And yet there's still that question. The fact that the Tories in Westminster have any support at all left in Scotland shows that the SNP aren't using any of this to their, their benefit, you know, because this should be an easy win. It shouldn't even be a question. <laughs> like, okay. And it is. And it's so do, weird. Do you think your new leader is going to make much difference? He seems quite impressive. Who is that? Stephen well, Clark? Sorry, the new, yeah, yeah. So the um, new SNP. I, I, don't, I don't know him. Uh, I, I don't think he's had enough time to prove himself. I like Team Blackford and honestly I would have liked to have seen maybe someone like Mary Black in the position as well. Uh, she has a nice way of whittling yes. down a thing into nice concise yeah. sound bites. Um, maybe I, she's I, too I, young. Maybe she's too young. Maybe. Um, I, I don't know Stephen Clark uh, and his way of doing things enough to know whether he's going to be of much use either. But um, They certainly have plenty to work with provided they actually <laughs> do work with it, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, can, can we segue into, we were just talking a little bit about health. Can we segue into what Sajid Javed has been talking about this week? Alex, what has Sajid Javed been proposing? He's, it's what we were talking about earlier with the liberalisation of everything. He wants to bring in charges. I don't like him personally. He, uh, he deliberately ignored my 94-year-old grandma for three or four years, kept writing into him and he never got back to her. So I've got a bit of a personal bug in my bonnet with that man um, and his office. They're very idle. And how you ignore a World War II vet, I don't I don't understand uh, when they're asking for help. It's pretty shocking stuff. But this is just, I mean, we've just got so much going on. I mean, it's interesting you were saying about all these different issues. You can't keep up. None of us can. You've got to do special videos to be able to keep up with all the crazy stuff. That's a plug for our specials, by the way. <laughs> but um, yeah, he wants to—he wants us to start paying money to go to the GP and to A and E, and it could be something ten, twenty quid. It's not really clear. He was but looking at Ireland with their fifty-pound fees, weren't they? He did cite Ireland. He did. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do remember that now. Is it fifty quid to go and see the doctor and fifty quid to go to A and E? I think it's 50 euros to see your GP in Ireland. And I don't think you get to go to a &E without a GP referral. I don't think you can just turn up to a &E. It's getting that way here anyway. The a &E's don't particularly like you turning up off your own back here either. Um, if you're able to go 
you're you're better off either going through your GP or through NHS 24 referral. And to be honest, that cuts your waiting do time down anyway, because by the time mm. you arrive, they already know what you're there for. I mean, I'm just out of hospital there. Um, I was admitted on Friday after calling NHS 24 and I, I'd call for some advice and the outcome was, yeah, you have to get to a &E right now. And if there's any kind of decline in your symptoms en route, then you have to ask the driver to pull over and call an ambulance. And I'm like, it's not that wow. serious. They're like, it's that serious. You have to go right now. So um, I went within 10 minutes of arriving. I was in triage. Now you're usually in for triage and then back out in the waiting room for an amount of time before then being taken into a triage bed uh, for further assessment. Before the triage was even done, a nurse was in to take me to a triage bed. And then within the next hour from that, I had a chest x-ray and a CT scan. And within another hour, I was in a ward bed up in uh, the Royal Infirmary, uh, the Jubilee building. Um, the next day was lumbar punctures. Then I was transferred to a cardiac ward. Um, for the rest of my treatment you know and so everything was just boom 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 just done you know and um, there was very little waiting around uh, whatsoever it's absolutely brilliant um so if anyone felt like they would were going to need a &E assessment and i didn't but if you feel like you do um then nhs 24 would probably be your easiest route to that um, i so i so thought you were going to plug the idea of getting on the train and going to scotland <laughs> being quicker no, 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 no. Scotland, <laughs> have limited capacity. I, mean, I can't say it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I've seen some of the stats coming out. What was the recent one was like twenty-seven hours waiting for a bed in, um, like some of London's hospitals. Gosh. Um, so it would be quicker. I Are think. We actually I, got I to think the point where it would be quicker to take a trip. You see, you see, it would. I mean, working for NHS Twenty Four, um, the the Scottish and the English NHS is is very separate, and I've had English mm. people call me who aren't registered with Scottish GPs up here, and it does make for a fairly long process because we have to then create a record for you because technically, according to the NHS up here, you don't exist um, until we create a record for you in order for you to be seen. Um, Say on holiday though, couldn't you? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah, <laughs> temporary residence that happens all the time. People I'm not genuinely up, advocating this. You, I'm just pointing out the ridiculousness of the honest, situation. See if you're in dire straits. I'm not saying it maybe wouldn't be worth your while looking at what's going on <laughs> with the English NHS. Honestly, um, can, can I ask what yeah. what what I, I know you you were not like recording or anything. You're you're you had different things on your mind, but um, what did you? What did you notice when you went in? What was there a lot of overcrowding? Were there people on trolleys? It was like normal. No. It was a Friday night I went in, so I was expecting oh, wow. it to be really busy. And um, people were just, again, just boom, boom, boom. It was constant, just being seen. Like, it was, it wasn't overcrowding. There wasn't, I certainly didn't have to wait for a bed. I didn't see anyone waiting in uh, corridors on wheelchairs or, or trolleys. And um, the only time I saw that was in the kind of wee waiting area, but that was to be x-rayed and there's always that you know there's always kind of like maybe a couple of beds and a couple of people in wheelchairs just waiting for x-rays um but no there, there was none of that i didn't see any hint of the overcrowding or the delays that you're seeing on the news um all of it and that was like glasgow's main hospital that was glasgow royal infirmary so um like dead city center and i was surprised like because it's 
Uh, you watch the news and you just expect these things. Um, and the, and the, but this it, is it also very yeah. different up in Scotland. But this is also a big problem because a, a lot of people are refu- are refusing to call nine nine nine. Um, yeah. because they're afraid that they won't get an ambulance or that when they arrive in hospital they won't get treatment yeah or they'll have to wait to be treated in the in the ambulance which is a big problem yeah that's it i mean it's just detrimental all around i don't think the media is helping matters i think the nope. media are exacerbating things more than anything because you're going to have the people that are going to avoid getting themselves treated on the basis that oh well i'm not hanging around for 15 hours just to be seen so they'll just put off their own treatment and that could be dead. That could just lead to, especially if it's something like sepsis or something that can just kill you suddenly. Those people that are going to form like a, quite a large percentage of the unnecessary deaths these days. But then you're also going to have that breed of people that the panic buyer. So um, they, there maybe isn't something immediately wrong with them, but they're like, oh, well, I better get this sorted now then, since there's going to be a long wait, and, and they're creating a backlog in themselves, you know? Um, so the media aren't helping matters at all. What, what are your thoughts, Michael? Yes, yeah, so I'm just about to do a video on, on, on the NHS, because it seems to me it, it cannot carry on as it is. Uh, we simply can't afford it, and, and there's going to have to be some form of charging or... Uh, or it'll be privatised, and I think charging is infinitely better. But it seems to me we've got an ageing population and uh, a, 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 you know, a shrinking economy. Well, where's the money going to come from? And, and healthcare is getting more and more expensive. We all know the equipment's expensive, drugs are expensive and so on. People are living, I mean, people are retiring at 65 and living, living for another 20, 30 years. I mean, they just aren't the taxpayers to keep it going. It, it seems to me absolutely inevitable. And I think probably both parties realise this, that there's going to have to be some some charging system. Uh, because otherwise, where does the money come from? More taxes? We've got the highest, highest taxes we've ever had at the moment. I mean, how much more can you put taxes up? 27%, 27 of, our, of our expenditure is on, on, on health. I mean, how high can it go? If they were to start it's... taxing the highest paid as they should be taxed well, yes, appropriately, yes, of course, of course. if they were to clamp down on the tax evasion yep. and the money laundering and the offshore nonsense, then that might help fund the Absolutely. health service to would. a great extent. So that yep. might also help fund infrastructure and everything else. Everything else, yes. Along the, around the country. Um, but they refused to, I mean, part of Brexit was in order that they could continue the tax nonsense because the EU were bringing in stronger laws right. against that. So why why would they why would they like mm. they're, they're not doing what's necessary in order to bring money in, and it's we, not the working class that need to be paying for this. It, it's those who have made the money within the bosom of the UK and then are refusing to give back. Um, right, Mr. Zahawi. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I think exactly. their 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 approach is well. I don't need it, so I don't want to pay for it. Exactly. Or uh, you know, I don't need it, so I, if I need it, then I'll pay. I'll pay for it myself. They so don't I like do the idea it, of taxation. I do find it very difficult to understand how somebody can, especially somebody whose parents come brought them to this country. But anyway, how somebody can make so much money, and then think, let's see how I can figure out how not to pay contribute something to pay a bit back a bit of tax but let's see how i can fiddle my taxes seems to be quite quite extraordinary i mean do they feel no orders of wealth and it's it's not wealth that they're going to be able to spend in their lifetime and they can't take it with them Mm. 
I, th- I think selfish. It's just sheer selfishness. They're not willing to contribute to the society that's raised them, mm. and it's just selfishness. It's like yeah. a, I'm I'm all right, Jack. Sort of attitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then that's so. I mean, wow. <laughs> you've you've thrown tons out there, right? So I'm gonna. I mean, we're not the highest in terms of tax per GDP. I think we're twentieth or thirtieth. So there is more room. But there's also ways, I mean, the government, I, I, I'm calling them like yuppies. They're lazy hippies. Like they just don't want to do any work and they want everything just to sort of take care of itself as if it will. Who are you so talking about? Um, the Tory oh. government. Oh, right. um, they're like some, I, I'm trying to come up with a new term, but they're like economic hippies. They just want to have freedom of everything and it will fix itself and... You don't need to do anything, and but instead of love and and peace, it's like money and power. But surely, it's the, it's the, it, it, makes money. Surely, it's the opposite, Alex. They want just control. They want to control everything, don't they? they well, that would be power, money and power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but within that and the charge, so there is scope for charging. People are up for that. We saw that with the national insurance hike. As long as they thought that the money was going to the NHS, they were happy with it. But bear in mind, like there was that Leave EU video that literally showed that everything was going to be better. I think the last thing I saw was that 10,000 EU nurses and doctors left the NHS and it all because of Brexit and we've got shortages. Mm. Uh, I think, is it 50,000? Is it 50,000 nurses, I think? Yes, 50,000 nurses. Just nurses, 50,000 nurses. And we lost 10,000 medical staff because of Brexit. But then I've I've got a little quiz question. You, you, I'm going to throw you what they charge in the USA. How much do you think they charge in the USA for an inhaler? This is a system I think want to bring. Go fund me for your inhaler. I would think. Yes, you probably, probably would. Three hundred dollars. Michael got three hundred. Michael. Michael? Uh, I was going to say ten dollars. <laughs> Max. I know. I, I think I know the answer, but um, I'll say six hundred dollars. $250 for an inhaler oh. in the States. Can't they, buy for an X-ray? Can't, can't, can't they buy one on Amazon? <laughs> no, no I don't think... They might uh, do some good sales if they were to get into the medical field. Like... An X-ray. How much for an X-ray? Max, how much for an X-ray? Uh, I don't know, uh, $1,000? Two and a half okay. grand. Two and a half grand, Michael? 500 $1,000 per X-ray. Really? Really? How much... Last one for a liver transplant. You need to get a new <laughs> liver. We've all been there. <laughs> you need a new house. <laughs> Jenny, how much for a liver grand. transplant? Fifty. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. Michael? Hundred. Hundred thousand. Max? Uh, I can't say the same as Michael, so I'll say a hundred and fifty. It's a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Really? So yeah. So I've got friends out there. I'll tell two stories. One car flipped over, their truck flipped over. They had no medical insurance because they weren't working. The ambulance turned up and they asked the ambulance driver to go away because they couldn't afford to pay to go to hospital, even though they're still trapped in a truck flipped over. It's, it's, like, a, it's, is, like, a, it's like $100 a mile or something like that, isn't it? or $200 a mile. If, if you come across someone in need, so um, like I, I, I had stumbled across a, a girl that was taking an epileptic fit in the middle of Glasgow. And she'd fallen and really hit her head and I looked after her until the ambulance came. In America, in the same situation, 
you would have to sit with that person until they came around and then you would have to ask them if it was all right that you called an ambulance for them you're not supposed to just call an ambulance for someone that needs one because they might not be able to afford it yeah it depends on the state for that but yeah there's an assistance there's and also if, they, and if the person if they're unconscious sometimes they even have a card and they, so like um you know how we get cards here with it says that you know they're on certain do not resuscitate do not call would, an ambulance they would have a card saying yeah like please Can't don't call it. me an ambulance at age 79, Frank Cardiel should be kicking back on a beach somewhere. But even though he's insured by Medicare, it doesn't cover all the costs of the drugs that he and his wife need. <laughs> Until I die. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, do you know how much... Okay, last, I'll, I'll throw one about Europe. So I checked in France, Sweden, Switzerland, and I think, don't quote me on it, I think Germany. How much would it cost to call out an ambulance for a 50-mile journey? Michael, how much do you think in euros? 25. 25, Max? Zero. Jenny? Yeah, like 30 euros. Yeah. 100. Right, okay. Really? I think maybe with the exception of Germany. I, I can't quite remember. But the France, Sweden, Switzerland, I definitely checked. It's 100 euros just to call out the ambulance for a 50-mile journey. So, so what if you haven't got any money? Yeah, exactly. What do you do yeah. if you're a 10-year-old? What do you do if you're a 13-year-old? What do you do if you're a pensioner? What do you do if they're out on the street and they're unconscious? I mean, I mean, these are the things that come up in so many of the American documentaries when they bring it up. And they go, Five mile an well, hour head-on collision that knocked her out cold. Paramedics got her out of the car and into an ambulance for a trip to the hospital. I get a bill from my insurance company telling me that the ambulance ride was not going to be paid for because it wasn't pre-approved. I don't know exactly when I was supposed to pre-approve it, you know, like after I gained consciousness in the car, before I got in the ambulance, or I should have grabbed my cell phone off there's of the street. A, there's, a, there's also another problem with the insurance. There are another two problems with the insurance. One's, one is uh, pre, pre-existing conditions. So if, if the insurance company finds out that you didn't complete the document correctly and you had a pre-existing condition, they can refuse to pay the bill. You could receive a bill for something and then they say oh wait wait a minute you had uh, a chest infection 10 years ago you didn't put that in your insurance report in your insurance form we're going to you, you we're going to refuse to pay the bill so you could end up with a bill of a hundred thousand and one hundred fifty thousand dollars even though you ha- you are covered and then there's the other problem is the insurance is like car insurance you know mm. with car insurance you can decide do i cover for the windscreen do i cover for uh, hail. Well, you don't really do it in the UK, but here in Italy they have hail insurance. Do you cover for if somebody hits your car or you hit somebody else's car? All sorts of things you can put on the insurance. In the same in the US, do you want to cover for cancer? Do you want to cover for this? Do you want to cover? It's insane. And this is what the Tories want to go to, because they will be okay. That's the thing, isn't it? I bet you are the nice fat insurance scheme for working in the House of Parliament that lasts for life, won't they? 
But uh, privatisation seems to me to be the absolute worst option because what will happen is they'll sell off the mm -hmm. NHS in the same way they sold the water and the gas, electricity and the trains. Sell it off, got a great chunk of money which they'll spend and that'll be gone. But, but the and trains are going well, Michael, aren't they? The trains. They're the best in Europe, no? Yeah, oh, everything's the best in Europe, Mark. You know that. <laughs> the and, the sewage, and the water, best, apart from Scotland. disposal, that's, that's terrific. <laughs> Our water's fine, thank you very much. <laughs> I, sorry, this is just something I have to throw in because this has really pissed me off, is when you hear Mick Lynch, I'm sorry, Mick Lynch, if you're watching this, but mm. Jenny, is Scottish water privatised? It's publicly owned. When was it public law, publicly owned when the UK was a member of the EU? Yeah, yeah I okay. think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It didn't become didn't become it, public. Publicly owned Scottish water isn't a new thing. It's, yeah. it's been that way for no, no, because because some people are saying that you 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 need to be outside the EU to in order to uh, no. to nationalise stuff. But that's no. Not... The the main argument against <clears throat> privatisation, regardless, is that private companies are always going to be profit driven. They're not going to want to put money into investing in the infrastructure and in the services. They're not going to want to fund a thing. They're going to just want to reap the profits from a thing. And that's never good for business. That's that's never good, for, especially when we're talking about necessary public services. And someone was asking, well, what what services um would they would you think should be exempt from privatization and it's any service that's of necessity to society transportation health education are your three main do not fucking privatize these things because these are things we actually need to fund but, these are but, things that cannot be profit driven you know? but what is what is worst of all is that when these were privatised, there was no, there was no, there were no uh, limits as to who who could own, and so the majority, literally the majority of uh, water, electricity, gas, and railways are owned by foreigners. Yes. Now, if I'm an investment fund in California, what the hell do I care about whether the water is being chucked in the rivers or? All I'm in interested in is, is is the minimum expense and maximum profit. That's all I'm. That's all I've done it for. It, to, well, legally, you have to. To have sold out our, our vital, as Jenny says, vital utilities to foreigners who have no vested interest in the country. Just just look at the bottom line. And it's absolutely crazy. Well, was there not a, a period in our recent history where Virgin was denied? Uh, they put in a bid for a, an NHS contract that was to do with child care or child care services of some kind. They lost out on that bid. And then the government reimbursed them because they lost out on the bid. Really? really? Yeah. Virgin sued yeah. um, the, the government on the basis that they felt like that sh contract should have gone to them. And then they won the case and actually managed to sue over not getting a contract they felt they deserved. That's a bit like the railway companies being compensated for the strike days, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, you, you know, you, you, you win, we lose. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of money, Richard Sharp and Boris, this is a story. God, it doesn't end, does it? Michael, what are your, what are your thoughts on that lovely loan? I'm sure, it's all, I'm sure it's all above board. I mean, the fact that uh, <laughs> the three of them met at Chequers and uh, and that's this loan. I mean, obviously, Boris was a little bit hard up. Is he's perfectly reasonable? He might want a bit of money to, to tide him over. Um, no, it seems perfectly right to me. I can't see any, uh, any problem. <laughs> Yeah, Boris is suffering the cost of living crisis just as much as anyone else. I know, I know. Apparently. 
Eight hundred in the hole. Yep. How to do that? What is it? Has anyone ascertained what it's for? What was the loan? What was he using that? Living, living expenses, as far as I know. But was it not after <laughs> that? Was it not after Richard Sharp was put in charge? So he lent the money. He got put in charge of the BBC, and then thereafter, were the Tories not lambasting the BBC for being biased against them yep. when they had literally implemented their own guy in charge? They're coming out going, oh no, the BBC are now biased against us and they're not telling everybody how great we are and screw them. And it's... Is that why you put the job? Yeah. They've yeah. got a real hatred for anything that they deem socialist. I'm surprised they haven't started talking about the army, the fire service and the police force and privatising that. It's not like that hasn't happened That's in the past. That's coming. The <laughs> police force. There's a, there's a, um, I think it's Bethnal Green or it's in between Bethnal Green and Hackney. There is a community group that have gathered money together to hire in a private security firm to patrol the streets because the police just can't deal with it. They have that Can in you... South Africa, all over the place in South Africa. It's all yeah. private security companies that if you if you because if you commit a burglary with the the crime, you know, if you commit a, a, a burglary now, the chances you're ending up in court are five percent. Uh, so it's a pretty good, I mean, this is another thing we should all be concerned about because the economy is doing so badly, because we're all getting poor and everybody's being squeezed. I mean, crime is such an easy option. It's, um, uh, you know, the chances of getting caught are virtually none. Uh, Seems like it, doesn't it? It does. And Unless, it, of course, you attack an MP verbally. Well, yeah. In which case, I mean, have you seen the footage? No. Uh, Matt Hancock. Oh, that Matt. one. Yeah. But uh, but look look. I, I think if people want to to hold these people to account, there are better ways of doing this than shoving him on the train. Um, <laughs> you know, I actually almost felt sorry for Matt Hancock. <laughs> it was quite intimidating. <laughs> almost. I don't know. I, I'm joking. But you know, it would it would be a scary situation because especially with COVID. There's a lot of strange people out there. I don't know what the motivation this guy had. He was talking about you kill loads of people, but I don't know if it was because of co he was talking about COVID or the vaccine or what. But that's he, the thing. He, I thought he was a nut job. I mean, okay, it's not great that he's done this in any way, shape, or form. But I thought he was like a conspiracy theorist uh, because he started. I heard him talking about what was the drug that Trump was trying to sell. That he'd clearly been told by a private company to the horse, horse trap, yeah. Domestos. Domestos. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the one you inject. Uh, <laughs> it was a hydroxychloroquine or something. Yes. Like horse tranquilizer. Yeah, that or wasn't something. Like... Was it in the quiz? Wasn't it ketamine? But you know, like but it's, it, it sounded, could have been worse. <laughs> it sounded a bit more nuanced. Like because I initially thought, oh, this conspiracy theories. But it sounded like he was, and you know, people in the chat can try and correct this. Sounded like he was talking about the trials that were given to people for hydroxychloroquine, which killed people, which hasn't been in the news. Oh, that's the claim that he was making. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. But it seemed like such an odd. Do you know what I mean? I was, I was expecting if it was going to be a proper thing, it'd be like, oh, you locked. And he did say it, you locked us in our house. And you made us take the vaccine. But it didn't sound like he was complaining about the vaccine. He was complaining about the trials. And I was like, that's really weird. What rabbit hole have you gone down to, to choose that instead of the, the vaccine itself as being the issue? But he didn't, I, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong in, in the chat. 
it did, I don't think I heard him actually say the vaccine was the issue. It's being locked in your house. And, I, and the reason I can say that is because he said, you locked us in the house, even though there were drugs available that could mitigate the effects, plus there was the vaccine. And I think he was even attacking him for being so slow on getting the vaccine out. Yeah, maybe he went down the same rabbit hole as that uh, Tory MP. What's his name? Oh, Andrew Bridgend. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was going to say I don't know how uh, Newsnight managed without Andrew Bridgend. I mean, one time he was on every every week. It used to be Peter Bone as well. He was the other one. But um, I haven't seen either of them lately. <laughs> yeah, they've all gone a bit hush hush. Well, I assume a lot of them are now plotting their next career. I mean, Reese Moggs jumped onto GB yeah. News. Yes, that's exciting TV, isn't it? L30P yeah. Lee. <laughs> well, he he's been caught assaulting. People, hasn't he? Because he punched. Uh, no, he, he took. He took. He so took you're benefiting them. from them. It's a new year. Happy New Year! But you've not got a new job yet, have you're you? Still Same a, old job. You're I, still a parasite. You're I still a stranger. You and you're still a malignant. No, it's not stable. People to see the same employment, isn't it? Get off! Get off! Get off! He took Steve Bray's hat. That was what it was all about, and then he said he'd have he'd fight him in a, a boxing match. <laughs> I really hope that happens, which means everything's technically legal, and then all Steve does is just kick him in the nuts, <laughs> and then just totally cheat, and it's totally legal. Just yeah. and, I, I wouldn't put much money on just Steve. Not to be expecting that, <laughs> the match would be over, and Bray would have been victorious. I mean, it just seems like an ingenious way of dealing with the situation. Not that I advocate, you know anything else but I thought that would be quite a funny thing to deal how to deal with him but the, I think there's another clip of him actually hitting someone's camera out of their hand Tory lies cost people's lives 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 got anything to say for yourself really yeah but no charges have been done but it's funny that with Hancock, it's almost immediate arrest. The guy was saying, because he was like being threatened with arrest, he was really looking forward to it because he wanted his day in court against Matt Hancock. And I'm just like, he'd be a hero you know for for these strange people. Can we can, <laughs> can we can we segue because we're I think we're running a bit low on time to uh, what's happened what happened in Scotland recently with the gender mm-hmm. reform uh, bill. Well, people up here. Specifically, ALBA supporters seem to have an issue with the new GRA uh, reform bill on the back of having an issue with the Equalities Act of 2010. So everything that they've said they have a problem with is based in the Equalities Act already of 2010. Um, This new GRA reform actually changes nothing to do with that act. Um, It really just um, makes it a wee bit easier for those looking to transition to obtain gender recognition certificates, which mean that um, they can get married and under their uh, like the, their choice of gender, that they can, um, after death, they can um, they will be denoted as their, their chosen gender, etc. It, it's really just um, to make life easier for a very small percentage of the population. And yet, so many people who probably don't know and have never encountered a transgender person in their life have all of these issues. Um, and But again, all the issues that they keep coming out with seem to just be issues that already existed 
due to the 2010 Equalities Act. So um, what it's done in Scotland is really strange because the anti-trans rhetoric and the anti-GRA rhetoric stems from right-wing politics. And we're seeing it a lot from the Tories. We're seeing it a lot across the water from the Republicans. And yet the people that have bought into it in Scotland seem to be mainly left-wing, uh, progressive, pro-self-determination folk who are then acting against their own interests due to this. So they see this as being an SNP led thing, an SNP failure, when it was six years of deliberation and cross-partisan. Mm. Uh, the only party that didn't really take part in voting for it were the Tories, showing that it's right-wing uh, rhetoric that, that's against it. And these ALBA supporters will now loudly um, talk about when whenever there's a vote coming up, whether it's a council election or a general election, uh, they'll talk about either not going out to vote at all or they'll go out and ruin their ballots should there not be an ALBA candidate standing. ALBA have never won an election. There are a couple, I think, of ALBA MPs at Westminster, but that's because they were voted in on an SNP ticket and then defected to ALBA after being voted in. So there haven't been any voted in on an ALBA ticket. And what do people get like when they keep losing and they don't feel like their voice is being heard? They get militant. They also don't care about how what they see to be the other pro-indie factions, how their actions make the others look. They don't care if it makes the SNP look bad. They don't care if it makes the Greens look bad because they see the SNP and the Greens as the root of the problem because they're they're obviously, they've been proponents of the GRA bill. But do, do, people seem so, so strongly against. So, are they, are they, so would you say if there was a, if there was a choice these people had, these Alba supporters, if it came to supporting gender issues or the um, you know, becoming an independent country, they would have a difficult choice, or would yeah. they? Would they be like? Yeah, they purport to be pro self determination, but they'll not vote in a way that leads to that goal unless Alba is um, an option for them. They have no interest in voting for the Greens or the SNP, despite that being really their only vehicle at the moment. Does the, does the ALBA the party way. have an official line on uh, on this bill? Uh, they're just against it. They're, they, they say they, their claim is that they're standing up for women's rights. Women's rights are not affected by this bill. Again, their issues are issues that already extend from the Equalities Act of 2010. The Equalities Act of 2010 allows someone who identifies as female to use a woman's bathroom. It allows someone who identifies as, as male to use a male bathroom. It allows these people to to purport and, and carry themselves as the gender they've chosen. This GRA reform does not amend that at all or make it any easier. All it does is allow them to get a bit of paper a little bit easier. There, there was, there was. sorry, just to interrupt you for a second. There was this um, big story about a rapist going into a women's prison. He's and not. Been... No, I know, the I know. The surgeon has addressed this in Holyrood. He's not being sent to Cortonville. He is in segregation at Cortonville, so he's not even in with the general population. He, he's, he, he says that he's female now. That's fine. If he wants to class himself as female, he can class himself as female, but he's also a rapist. 
and he was a rapist when he identified as male. So he's not going to be housed with female inmates. At the moment he's in Cartonville and he's in segregation and he's likely going to be moved to a different prison. Um, yeah, no, the, yeah. Yet, yeah, no, the but, point the point I wanted to say was that this is actually this has you know it's up to the discretion of the of the prison. This isn't something being pushed through by the government. So it, exactly. the narrative in 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 England seems to be this is um you know this is the SNP trying to force this person into a women's a woman's prison a women's prison and against uh, the will of the, of the pop of the population uh, when in reality it's the discretion and 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 it really upset me. I, I did a response video to it, but it really upset me because you had David Blunkett former Home Secretary, on the BBC saying, this is a disgrace. It was correct that the, the Tories um, vetoed this using the Section 35. That It was necessary because of people like this going into the prison. And, no. Like, he should know. That's yeah. what really upset me. Is, anyway, yeah. Well, Alex will know that it's, it's always been down to the sporting authorities, whether they allow, like, female to male or male to female transgender folk into to sports. Fuck all to do with the governments. Like it's the sporting authorities, the the governing bodies that decide that. Nobody yeah, else, yeah. You know? yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I I looked at both sides of the coin on this. I haven't seen <clears throat> the government's full response as to why they seem to be rejecting it. But from what I've seen of what Scotland wants to change, it's only changing the age and stopping you from having a psychiatric evaluation as to whether or not you really have decided to change your gender. Yeah, which seems so, like, Imagine yeah. if you had to do that if you if you came out as gay. You couldn't come out as yeah. gay unless you had a psychological evaluation. No, it's, 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 even, like, it's, it's more simple than that. Let's go to something mm. a lot of people know about, plastic surgery. So mm. you, you want a nose job, you want a boob job, you, you want your, your ass sucked out, your fat sucked out your ass. You're going to have to go through three years of therapy before you're allowed to do that because I can tell you the regret rate for varying plastic surgeries is so much higher than it has ever been with the transgendered community. There's a very low regret rate within the transgendered community, those that have undergone a full transition. And and yet, they don't, there's so many treatments that the transgender community have to fight for that are given to to non-transgendered folk for other health reasons without therapy and without jumping through any hoops, you know? Hormone treatments and what have you can be got if you need that for a medical reason, but not if it's because you want to transition, you have to go through your three years of therapy in order It's it's all is nonsense. It, like, is it just me? I mean, it, so this bill came out in 2017, and it's literally at the last minute. They've, and they've got cross-party support for this. They Conservatives do. up in Scotland back this. So it's the English Conservatives that have gone against it, it seems. And Douglas Ross, who I don't know where he really stands. Well, I think we can guess. He just wants his army. There's, there's... Fair enough. The, the thing... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of him. Um, I don't think anyone Who of us is. Yeah. <laughs> um, Most supporters aren't a fan, fan of that arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I will say this: it very much feels like they're once again stamping their authority on the Scots. Yeah, and it very much feels like they're using it more than anything else as some form of distraction 
from all the other stuff. But yeah. I'm almost like, you're, you don't have to. If you gave it another day, some other story would come up and distract from the previous crap that you've all created because that seems to always happen. So I don't, I, I'm quite concerned that they're picking an extra fight. And as you said, it's becoming, it looks like it's becoming quite militant. That guy on the train that confronted Matt Hancock we just discussed, that's anger coming out. And I'm going, it's, I can see this just escalating yeah. because everything they're doing right now doesn't seem to be resolving anything. I'm also aware that we've only got three minutes left. Um, so, uh, Michael, is there any thoughts from you on on any of this, from the GRA to the Scottish Independence to the Tory party? Not really. I'm not uh, in any way uh, qualified to talk about GRA. Um, as far as Scotland's concerned, neither also. So, so no, I won't waste waste our time by, by, uh, by waffling. <laughs> You're allowed to have an opinion on it. <laughs> be an authority on the thing. Yes, yes, true. true, true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, as far as Scotland's independence is concerned, obviously it, 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 Scotland should become an independent because everybody wants it, or at least the majority want it. But whether it will ever happen or not, I don't know. But, uh, Michael, Michael, do you do you do you find it ironic that you have Brexiteers telling Scotland, no, no, you're not allowed to do this? Yes. If it had been Europe saying, no, exactly. you're not allowed to do exactly. this, they wouldn't be too happy about that. I just don't see how you can argue against that. It was just, just... Well, the argument there is that the EU is a federal union where countries have autonomy. We are in an incorporated union where mm. Scotland does not have autonomy within its yeah. union. So, I don't think any of them do. Because Bermuda just tried to pass a, legisl a, a bill for legalisation of marijuana and the government stepped in and blocked it. And that wasn't well reported. I had to, fi I had to find that in the Washington Post. Like that was not reported over here, but you're going right. So you've stamped on Northern Ireland, you've stamped on uh, Gibraltar, you've stamped on uh, Bermuda, you've stamped on Scotland. I mean, this is worse than the EU. I mean, they came up with this fantasy of authoritarianism. But if yeah. well, if you think about these unions with Westminster as marriages, as relationships and then consider them abusive relationships, what does an abusive partner do? He wants to constantly stamp his control at every turn and that's what they're doing they're wanting to reassert that control and make sure that the countries don't forget who they answer to yeah things are nuts poor scotland sense. being told what to do by a group of people that don't like being told what to do by another group of people <laughs> alex we've had it for 315 years we're no longer <laughs> surprised <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for coming on tonight, today. Thank you so much. And on that note, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.